Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast peeps? Randy Gage here, and this episode, I want to talk about finding a cure for religion, <laughs> or, uh, you know, let's really call it the dangers of organized religion, and by Dangers, I mean the dangers that religion can pose to your health, your happiness, and your prosperity. Uh, and you know, I've talked a lot about memes, mind viruses, how they impact you. Uh, I talk about the, the main categories, uh, the education system, organized religion, uh, what I call the data sphere, government, right? So, but you know, when it comes to spreading negative mind viruses, uh, organized religion has reigned undefeated <laughs> for 2000 years at least. Uh, and the memes that we get from religion are so emotional. And they're programmed at, at, at when you're so young that a lot of times they create a havoc for your whole life. Uh, and there are millions of people who are unhealthy, unhappy, uh, broke, miserable, unfulfilled, living lives of mediocrity, and they don't recognize that the reason they're in that state is because they have outsourced their critical thinking skills to religion. They've outsourced their morality, right? Like when I'm, and I'm not, the point of this podcast is not to turn you into an atheist. It doesn't matter to me what your if you believe in a God, which God you believe in, I'm only concerned with the, the programming of organized religion and how it impacts your self-esteem and your subconscious mind. Uh, and the argument I, I hear from uh, religious people is, that, well, of course I need the Bible and I follow the Bible because it guides me that I shouldn't rape or steal or kill anyone. And I always find that fascinating because I think, do you really need a holy book to tell you that those things are wrong? I have never wanted to rape anybody. I've never wanted to kill anybody. Yes, I mean, you know, hey, I could kill him. You're killing. No, no, no. I mean, seriously, I have never desired to uh, kill anyone. I don't need a religion or a holy book to tell me that those kind of things are not the way that I want to live my life. And hopefully you don't need a holy book or a dogma or doctrines or decrees uh, to tell you how to live your life. Uh, but where I think this really comes into play in, in terms of your prosperity is there's a tipping point. And that tipping point is when you are entering adulthood. 
And the most important thing that comes into play when you're entering adulthood is the level of your self-esteem. Uh, more specifically, are you going into adulthood with a positive, uh, high level of self-esteem? Or are you going into uh, adulthood with a negative level of self-esteem? And why I say that's such a tipping point for so many people's lives is because that, think of the decisions you're making at that point. Uh, you're probably deciding on a career. Uh, you're probably uh, going to college, picking which college you're going to go to. Uh, you're thinking about getting married or you're getting married. You're thinking about having children or you're starting to have children. Uh, this is a time when most people are making these uh, momentous decisions in their life. And if they don't have high self-esteem, they don't have positive, let me adjust my mic a little here. If they don't have positive uh, uh, self-esteem, healthy self-esteem, man, that's going to impact everything they do for the rest of their lives. So think about it. You're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you have negative self-esteem. Uh, what does that translate to? And to me, it translates into lowered expectations, just modest or, uh, um, I don't know what, what's a good word for the goals that uh, we would, that you would come up with. If, you know, people who have a low self-esteem, I think they just, um, they're mediocre goals. They're limiting goals. They're, they're not audacious goals. They're not bold daring, you know, imaginative goals, they're probably mediocre goals. Uh, and then they create a negative vision for their life or they create a neutral vision for their life. And um, man, just think how that plays out in the things we talked about, your job, right? If you're, if you're applying, you're thinking about what jobs to apply for, you know, if you have low self-esteem, there are going to be, you're going to go to a, a, a website, let's say, that has employment opportunities, and those, the really good high-paying jobs, you're not even going to apply for them. Because if you have low self-esteem, you'd say, well, they're never going to hire me anyway. I could never get a job like that. Nobody's going to pay me that much. Who you date, who you propose to, who you don't propose to. You don't think your self-esteem is going to impact that? You got low self-esteem, you live in Ohio, you say, well, let's, let's find a local college, right? If you got high self-esteem, maybe you're thinking about Harvard or Princeton or Yale or uh, Stanford or whatever, right? All those kind of uh, uh, life-impacting decisions, they're going to be different. And, you know, I just, I believe the, the guilty party, the one that's really causing most people to get to that tipping point and have really negative and low levels of self-esteem is organized religion. And the main, you know, mind viruses to watch out for in, in this area are you're not worthy, you were born a sorry sinner, you only get the good stuff after you die in the afterlife, 
All the other gods are fake, but yours is the one true God. And of course, the big one, it's spiritual to be poor. So how do these play out? Well, the sorry sinner, you're not worthy, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, they literally call it original sin in Christianity, that you are born in original sin. Uh, but when I look at, and I studied all the world's major organized religions, I look at the Eightfold Path in Buddhism, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant, the Muslim code of law. They're all built on the belief that you are inherently flawed and or need some kind of salvation in order to be worthy. So if you're a Catholic and you uh, go to Sunday school and you got nuns teaching you at five years old that you were born a sorry sinner, uh, how do you think that's going to play out by the time you grow up? In, in other faith, youngsters are taught that they need to live for 150 lifetimes until they reach enlightenment. Well, how are they supposed to feel worthy and make healthy choices if they're only on lifetime number 97? You know, what about the faiths that are pushing reincarnation and the, the kids who are taught that they were reincarnated this lifetime to pay penance because they were a camel thief in the last one or 15 lives ago. How would that affect their self-esteem? Um, and then, of course, we get with the, that issue of the, you know, and you've heard me, if you read the blog, and I've talked on other podcasts, I think about how they, these religions are run as cosmic frequent flyer programs where you you got to accumulate enough points to win the free trip in this case to nirvana or heaven or whatever the case may be. Uh, listen, if you have a faith and you believe in it, okay, I'm, I'm not here to talk you out of it. But you need to recognize that those do doctrines and that dogma is, is, is sky god superstitions from the Stone Age. From the Stone Age. And you probably need to be a little more discerning here in 2020. Uh, you probably need to be a little more of a, a critical thinker. Uh, I believe there's literally three or four billion people on this planet right now uh, who believe that because they're broke, because they're being exploited or suffering in some other way, this makes them godlier and thus they got a better chance to get into heaven or they've got a better chance to be saved. Just imagine how limiting a belief like that is in your subconscious mind. So if you believe you're flawed and needing redemption, or you're convinced you're not supposed to be prosperous and happy in this lifetime, or I hate to say it for a lot of people, both, this frequently leads to a, a, a life of lack, limitation, and misery. I don't think we can, can uh, overemphasize the importance of the state of your self-esteem as you enter into adulthood. Um, it's just, uh, and think of all the, 
You know, I did a blog last week. I hope you saw it. I did two posts on sex and sexuality. Uh, if you didn't read those, go to randygage.com and hit the blog and scroll down and look at those. They were really shared a lot, really popular, uh, really shook up some people. Uh, but it, it's stuff that needs to be said. The crazy, wacko beliefs that organized religion is putting out there. Uh, and then particularly about sex and sexuality. And then you see these, uh, so you see all the hate and the discrimination and the judgment against LGBTQ people, trans people, intersex people. Uh, and then not just uh, of other people, religious people, uh, discriminating or persecuting, even killing them. Uh, it's the internalized self-hate, the internalized uh, self-sabotage. There are a lot of LGBTQ people who are homophobic or transphobic, and they have no idea of that. They suffer from the, all this unresolved guilt, and they have these worthiness issues, and that causes self-hate. So not only do they discriminate against people in their own community, but again, the self-hate, and that leads to self-destructive behavior, unsafe sex, addictions like crystal meth, and even suicide, right? So what you want to think about is how your self-esteem is. Your homework that I'm giving you this episode is to really look at, okay, what is, my, what, what is the level of my self-esteem? What was my self-esteem when I was a young child? What was the, my self-esteem as I reached the tipping point, as I was making those major decisions about what my life's work was going to be, who I was going to marry, where I was going to go to school, the kind of person that I was going to become, uh, and really do some critical thinking about that. Because remember, you can re- program your beliefs. You can take beliefs. So if you've got the belief that you were born an original sinner, you can replace that belief. I don't care what religion is pushing it. You don't have to buy into it. You could substitute a belief of original blessing. You could be a critical thinker and say, you know, just being broke and not being able to pay my bills does not make me more spiritual. Being exploited, being a victim does not make me more virtuous or more noble. Victimhood is victimhood and I choose not to be in victimhood. Those are the kind of beliefs. And then you can listen to this podcast. You can read my blog. You can subscribe to other positive podcasts. Read positive books. And you can improve your self-esteem. And when you improve your self-esteem, you improve every area of your life. Really. All right, I appreciate you guys listening. I love you guys who have subscribed. If you haven't subscribed, please do that. I'm on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on 
uh, all of them, all every, we're on like 15 or 20 different podcast platforms. So whichever one you like, I promise you we're probably on there and you can subscribe there. And please tell your friends about the Power Prosperity Podcast. All right, go on and have an amazing day. Love you guys. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, Let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.